and more nonprofits are venturing into capital campaigns. What do you need to know to be successful? I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Dr. Gene Temple, the Dean Emeritus of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Dr. Temple is known internationally for his fundraising success, including in capital campaigns. And Gene, I guess you could say it was a capital campaign that led to the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy as it went from a, an idea to a blank piece of paper, now to the world's only college researching and teaching philanthropic studies. What does an organization need to know to be ready for a successful capital campaign? Well, I think the, uh, I think the first thing to understand about a capital campaign is it, it is in fact um, uh, a true test of the organization's fundraising capacity and it finally rests on the case for support. I know that I talk about the case for support a lot, that it, um, it is an idea that is worthy of support it, that the organization can't have a capital campaign just because it's our turn or because everybody else is doing it, that the organization can only have a capital campaign if in fact they can make a case for support. That is, uh, uh, demonstrate to the public, uh, to donors, how the addition of a certain kind of capital equipment, capital improvement, new facility, uh, addition to endowment, will make a significant difference in the impact that the organization can deliver to the community. And Gene, you say this is the ultimate test, or one of the ultimate tests of an organization's fundraising ability. Some people might think, wow, just making my annual campaign every year is a challenge enough. What is the distinction here with the capital campaign in terms of how that tests our fundraising ability? Well, I, I, I think, uh, in fact, that, that uh, many organizations are tested. Uh, with their annual fund. If, if you have to raise a certain amount of money in order to make the, the budget for the year, to balance the budget for the year, then that's a, that's a, that's a really good test uh, of the organizations. If you, if you know that if you don't raise that money, then you're going to have to use uh, some reserves or you're going to have to cut the budget in order to make the, 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 the balance the budget. So we don't want to diminish the difficulty that organizations have or the seriousness with which many organizations have to approach their annual fund. But what, what makes the capital campaign different is that typically uh, organizations define a time period, they define a certain, uh, a certain goal, mm -hmm. and they let the public know at some point that they're going to raise the money toward that goal. And as they, as they put those things in place and let the public know, they put the organization's credibility at risk uh, by announcing that they're going to accomplish this. And uh, if they don't accomplish that task, they don't succeed with their capital campaign, then they will have done some reputational damage to the organization. So as a nonprofit considers whether or not to go down this path, and capital campaigns are very complex, huge endeavors, but could you summarize one aspect, one green light, one thing I really need to know up front before I go through the rest of this work of a capital campaign. What might be that first indicator that I should move forward? Well, I, let, me, let me just say that the fun, in the fundraising school, we talk about a test for readiness. And many consultants who, who do feasibility studies or market studies or readiness studies for organizations mm -hmm. will use a list of indicators something like that. And um, I always ask one, one question when, I, when somebody says, I want to have a $10 million capital campaign, yeah. or 
Somebody says, you, I want to have a ten, we want to have a $10 million capital campaign. My question is, do you have someone who might make the first $2.5 million gift? And uh, that often shocks people because they haven't thought about the fact that to achieve a $10 million goal, one has to uh, operate at a fairly, at a fairly tight uh, uh, mathematical formula to reach that $10 million goal. Now it can, it can vary some from the, from, the, from the norm, but there's going to be some kind of mathematics. And if the campaign doesn't start with a 2.5 or $3 million gift, it's going to have a very difficult time reaching the $10 million goal. So that's a green light to watch. Do I have a gift that is 15, 20, 25% of my overall goal, very likely from a current funder, sometimes from a new funder, maybe a foundation or somebody or an individual can write that size of a check. Uh, and that also could be a red light. So if the answer to that is no, then I'm not gonna move forward. Is there a common mistake? Is there a common red light that you see that, you know, again, nonprofits say it's my turn, I should do this, uh, and there's something they're clearly not meeting, either with their annual fund, their board, the way they're set up. Is there an obvious war warning sign as well? Well, I think that, um, you know, we're going to talk a lot in, in these podcasts and, and uh, uh, in our courses about the importance of board engagement. Mm -hmm. And very often, um, the organizations will overlook the impact that their board can have on the campaign. Capital campaigns use a lot of volunteers. They work uh, from the inside out. They work from the top down. And they, they solicit a lot of gifts personally, face to face. And that can only be done with the engagement of a good volunteer core from the organization. That volunteer core has to begin with the board, with the organization's board of directors. And, it, and it's easy to overlook the, fact, the strength of the board of directors, the ability of the board of directors to make gifts and to, um, and to solicit gifts from others. Now, it is possible for that lead gift to come from outside the organization, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not very likely, right, right. unless it's a community campaign. We, 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 we talk about community campaigns can break a lot of the rules we're going to talk about here, a lot of the, a lot of the best practices we talk about and still succeed. It, it, it may be that it's a new organization, and the, but the community really wants this organization and that the entire community is going to support that and all the gifts will come from new donors because the organization didn't, didn't exist before. It may be the expansion of a community center, in which case many, many, don many people or many organizations that are not current donors will in fact contribute to that capital campaign. But the, but, but, but the majority of our campaigns are going to be run from our donor base. And unless that gift is somewhere in our donor base and most, most happily among somebody on our board, that it's going to be difficult for us to organize and run this campaign to success. And Dr. Temple mentioned some phrases there that we unpack over a three-day time period with our Capital Campaigns course. Things like from the inside out, from the top down. Uh, when we talk about sequential funding and large gifts, a large lead gift of say 15 to 25 percent of the total, you may have six to eight gifts that make up 60 to 75 percent of your total. And then only then you're telling the rest of the world about your campaign. So these are the kind of techniques that we unpack in this capital campaigns course. 
Gene, one of the questions people have naturally, if they have not done this before, and especially maybe if they're more a medium-sized or smaller nonprofit and don't have a huge army of fundraisers, our largest organizations uh, maybe have a little more capacity for this, but the medium-sized nonprofits and smaller nonprofits, they might say, how can I do this without robbing from my annual fund? We hear that question all the time in our classes. I know you do as well. What advice do you have for nonprofits to make sure they can still pay the, the weekly and the monthly and the annual bills while they're successfully having a capital campaign? Well, one, one thing to do with donors is to, is to uh, in the solicitation process, is to make certain that they understand that their annual fund commitment must continue. Uh, so if you ask people for a five-year pledge, you're asking people to make, first of all, a five-year commitment to continue their annual fund gift at the level at which they're currently giving, or maybe even increase it mm -hmm. during that annual fund time, and then ask them for an annual f a capital campaign commitment on top of that. You have to be very careful so that people don't start thinking about their, their annual fund commitment, that's going to be their capital campaign pledge. That, will, that simply will not allow the organization to operate during the time that you're, that you're asking for capital campaign gifts. So one way to do that is to simply ask for two, two gifts at one time. Thank people for their annual fund gift in the past, ask for a commitment to continue that annual fund gift, and then ask for a, a capital campaign gift on top of that. Some organizations actually bundle these things together. So if somebody's giving $1,000 a year and you're looking for them to make a, uh, a $5,000 a year uh, commitment in the, in the capital campaign, you might ask them for a five-year commitment of $30,000 so that they would give their annual fund commitment at the $1,000 level plus the $5,000 uh, annual uh, annual pledge in the in the capital campaign as well. So there are techniques to ensure that the capital campaign is successful while your annual fund is still successful. In fact, your closest, most sophisticated donors, they, as Gene indicated, might give you a larger annual fund gift, knowing that you're very busy on this capital campaign as well. And one point we want to stress is a lot of times people hear the phrase capital campaign and they think, oh, this must be a multi-million dollar building, or I'm going to endow a staff position, so I'm going to need a six or seven figure endowment to pay for that staff position moving forward forever. You know what? Getting new computers for everybody, that's a capital campaign. A new copy machine for the office, that could be a capital campaign. A capital campaign could be relative to your budget and your size. The techniques are still the same. And we teach those in our capital campaigns course. We're so fortunate. Dr. Temple teaches a wide range of topics for us, but we really like to assign you to this one, Gene. Uh, he's been so successful with capital campaigns across the world throughout his remarkable career. And you can find out about this and our other courses on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You'll find the research from our college that you can translate into practical fundraising success. You'll see our webinars that are archived as well as these podcasts. Learn about our custom training that we can bring to your organization, your region, anywhere across the world. You now are more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school.